afraid to be a maid. In three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode five. Count them five of the Restoring Human podcast. I'm Jarek Bakken. I'm Dr. Alex Aguello. And once again, we are brought to you by Great River Family Chiropractic. Mentioned it last week, but we have a special offer of a free chiropractic consultation. All you got to do is go to greatriverfamilychiropractic.com slash restoringhuman. Alex, what does a chiropractic consultation look like? A consultation with a chiropractor. Uh, <laughs> what's going to happen? Uh, so I would, of course, we would, would take a history of you. There would be some forms that would need to be filled out about your health history. And then you would sit down with me and have um, a conversation about how potentially health issues that you are experiencing currently um, could be related to a chiropractic problem. And as a chiropractor, I would figure out if it was something that I could help you with. Um, but even if you don't think you have problems, health problems, if you've never had an evaluation of your spine and nervous system, um, most of the times problems with your spine and nervous system don't have symptoms. Um, so they could be there inhibiting you from reaching your health potential. So that would even be a better time to come in and get it evaluated to, again, what we're talking about, health promotion, prevention. So we would just sit down, talk about it. If I think I could help you and we'd move on to an exam and, uh, get deeper into it cool yours for free if you are interested greatriverfamilychiropractic.com slash restoring human and if you're also willing i'd love to come and shoot that film it while you're doing it so anyway hey, hey. we can there's a little extra perk if you want some very very small limited internet fame i can make that happen for you <laughs> uh one thing so we always listen back to how smart or dumb we sound uh, as we're doing these things every week and one thing I'm really realizing is I need some uh, just to exhibit some patience uh, not necessarily in the moment but uh, we've kind of been hitting some really big broad topics um, and I listen back and I'm like oh I wish I would have said that or you know we could have said 10 more things here or we had that question about the sleep and I'm thinking back I'm like I got 20 other points I could have made about that yeah um but we're gonna get more narrow we're gonna get more in depth with stuff and we're intentionally kind of laying some groundwork laying some big picture stuff however uh I want to maybe try to give a maybe one little tip or practical thing for people whether that's i mean that's going to happen in the conversations we have no matter what but specifically this week i had a question um from somebody asking about allergies uh -huh. um, so that's something that's going on right now for lots of people and i know that you in particular have dealt with some of this stuff so the question was any just quick tips tricks just thoughts philosophy behind uh, dealing with allergies in a little more natural way. So I was going to see if you may have just a one-minute spiel on understanding allergies a little better and some quick things that we can do about it. One minute. Or, I mean, okay. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, down. well, just to kind of give you background, uh, allergies, when I, the first episode where I talked about my I guess more significant health issue of the ulcerative colitis. One of the things I said is I never really struggled with any sort of health problem. Um, that was, I guess, a, somewhat of a lie because I really struggled with allergies my entire life um, from being a kid. There was multiple times where I would have to go home from school because I was so miserable. And, you know, I did the, the allergy medications and, and tried probably all of them. Um, and it, it would be, a, you know, a, some symptom relief. But, of course, I, I struggled with allergies um, even into this day. So that's something that I have looked into actually very recently. Um, I've kind of had a, a little bit of a mind shift on it. I think the biggest thing with allergies is people have, they don't really ask the right question. So um, of course you would go to your, your family doctor and they potentially could help you by prescribing you uh, a, a medication or even just recommending some over-the-counter stuff. 
And then if they get too bad, then they would refer you to an allergist who would figure out through testing, what are you allergic to? But the answer then is you're allergic to um, this particular thing. So then stay away from that thing Mm -hmm. as much as you can. And then if you have to go into that, then address the symptom of it. Um, Nobody's really asking the question is why are people allergic? And uh, so that's something that I've really been trying to to dive into and figure out. So I think uh, maybe it would be too in-depth of an answer to go into that, but figuring out really why you are allergic, why are your immune system, your, is your immune system acting in a way um, that would be like this emergency response mm-hmm. of what an allergy is, um, instead of just saying, this is what I'm allergic to, so there I'm going to try to avoid it. There has to be some of that. And that's probably what I've done. I've, in the past, again, 10 years or whatever that I've been doing this, I've switched away from taking a medication to an allergy to trying to still suppress symptoms, but just doing it in a natural way. Um, that's, you know, things like quercetin, which is a, a, it's in found in food, obviously, but it is, um, has an antihistamine effect. So you can take that in supplement form. There's things like drinking nettle tea, similar to that vitamin C, um, and just all the general things that help boost up your immune system can be helpful. Um, but the, probably the biggest thing that I've noticed that's helped my allergies is prevention, um, instead of just reacting to the allergy symptoms that I have, most of the time it's too late to do that. So just de-inflaming my body overall with my diet, with stress relief, with exercise, with all the things that we, we talked about last week. Yeah. If you can keep your inflammation low, even if you are exposed to what you're allergic to, you shouldn't have um, as big of a response. You shouldn't have a, a ton of the symptoms. Um, but then if I do have those symptoms, that's when I react to it with some more of a natural symptom relief until I can fully address, again, why am I allergic, which mm-hmm. I haven't necessarily figured out yet, but that will happen in the future. So that's really interesting and I think helpful to hear is that you've been dealing with this and you haven't, don't feel like you have a full grasp on it. Right. But what you're also saying is that you're trying to, but that doesn't hold you back from doing something about it in the meantime. So right. a lot you pull this back up here you had touched last week on this idea that like when we get away from proper cell function this homeostasis it's because of one of two things either deficiency in things our body needs or toxicity and understanding that i think gets us 80%, 90% of the way there most of the time. And then this like last 10% of understanding really like, okay, if it's pollen, like what specifically is going on that's causing that to happen? That's kind of this like last 10% of like if there's a specific, you know, food you're eating that's causing something or, you know, whatever thing that's really, really triggering that response this that's that last 10%. Whereas I feel like a lot of times people are looking for, you know, the quick fix. What's, what's this like lateral shift between this allergy medication and what's, what's a natural thing that's going to do the exact same thing. Right. Right. Well, yeah, it's, it's missing that whole thing of really any sort of health problem is coming from, it starts at a foundational level is I'm toxic with something or I'm deficient in something. So therefore my cells are going to have to function under stress. Um, so if we totally forget about that and just wait for symptoms to happen and then try to address them, whether it's naturally or, or, or um, yeah. a, more of a, an unnatural approach, then, or like you just said, we're forgetting about the majority of the issue. Right. The, the, um, the 90% type right. thing. So if you're able to keep yourself in, in the least amount of toxic state in the most sufficient state with what our body needs and staying away from what our body doesn't, um, then you shouldn't experience as much of the symptoms specifically talking about allergies shouldn't experience those symptoms. But then if you do, then now you can still address that, that last part of it, whether it's natural or unnatural, however you want to do it. Yeah. And so I think that's something that's been really helpful to me. So you obviously have a greater understanding of you know, whatever the issue is really understanding not only what's happening in the body, but some of the effects of, you know, certain things, you know, pollen for the example, whatever. For me, it's been helpful to understand that the majority of the work that needs to be done to, you know, 
maintain health is as simple as those kind of two steps. Like understanding that if I'm sick, one of those two things is happening. I don't necessarily know specifically what it is. I don't know, you know, like if there's a product in this house that's causing kind of a toxic overload or whatever, but I know that I can do a lot of good work moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So, and it's interesting how just foreign that is to people. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll have patients come in and they'll have, again, just sticking to the allergies. They'll, they'll talk about how the pollen must be high and, Mm -hmm. um, how they, without an understanding of how health works, they still just believe that that's what's causing my allergy. So if we could just get rid of all this pollen, then I'd be fine. Yeah. And one of the questions I always ask him, um, I would say, you know, like, so does your husband struggle with allergies? And like, no, he does fine. Like, isn't he exposed to the same amount of pollen? <laughs> and they're, so it you know, just make, gets them to think and yeah. start asking the right questions. Well, maybe it's not the pollen. Yes, of course, the pollen hasn't is a part of the, the, the environment that's leading to this particular symptom, but it's, it's our, how our bodies are responding to right. that particular environmental factor. So if we can address, and, and thankfully, that's what we have control over. We don't necessarily have control over how much pollen is being produced. Well, we do in a way, and maybe we can get into that at a later <laughs> date. But um, we don't necessarily have control over that. So if we can, again, give our body what it needs, stay away from what it doesn't, we'll be able to respond um, to something like a pollen a lot, a lot better. And this happens with, you know, one of the biggest recommendations I give people when they're, when they're experiencing like a cold or a flu is I'll say you have to stop eating sugar. And they're like, what the heck does that got to do with, yeah. with what I'm dealing with right now? Right. Um, but that is one of the most powerful things you can do. Again, mm-hmm. getting rid of what your body doesn't need and giving it what it does. Your body doesn't need sugar and it needs to stay away from that because it can be toxic. And it's right. just going to lower your body's ability to respond to whatever you are experiencing in your environment. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's important to understand that. Yeah, and that like that makes a lot of sense to me. I think about the you know typical diet that everybody is, you know, most people are eating, and one of the largest toxic loads that they're putting on their body is the sugar that they are digesting every single day. Yeah. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Our topic today is so surprise healthcare <laughs> uh, but specifically we're diving into what you're calling three kind of types of healthcare yeah admittedly before we get into this i have i have terrible names for these different types or forms did you make did you make up these names or did somebody else i i kind of made up these names actually i have to give credit to a friend of mine his name is dr chris tuttle um he practices up in the rochester minnesota area he is a, an amazing thinker. He just like dives into and wants to kind of what I call brain mapping, map out every sort of process that, that happens. And, and when he was thinking about how he can best communicate health to his, to his patients, this is something that he actually came up with as this kind of three forms of healthcare. Um, so I stole it a little bit because I liked it. And then, of course, made it some, somewhat of my own. But Cool. So yeah, we'll get into it. Let's dive in. Uh, what's healthcare? Well, I mean, so before we get there, I think we should say, do we need it? Right. So as a restoring human podcast, we're trying to say there was once a time where humans lived in a certain way that they were way healthier than we are currently. They, their bodies thrived physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually in a, in a way that we are not unfortunately in this kind of industrialized nation that we that we live in. So an easy question would be they were healthier, did they have the sophisticated healthcare system that we have? And if they did, then yes, we should do that. But if they didn't, then maybe we shouldn't do that. So that would kind of be the basic explanation of or basic answer to do we need it? You could very easily say, no, we don't need it, right? But that's not what that's not what we would say. Sure. Because again, that would be forgetting about the fact that there's been some amazing advancements in, in healthcare, in the healthcare field. And 
again, just common sense, even though these people maybe were healthier physically, mentally, emotionally, they also died very easily of emergency situations. They would have cuts that would get infected and they would die. They would lose limbs and there was no way they could survive that. They would have traumatic head injuries that they couldn't come back from. They would get burned and not have any sort of um, health care to, to help them respond to that. Mm-hmm. So there's absolutely a, a necessity for all f- the all the forms of health care that we're going to talk about. But even what most people think about as health care, this kind of emergency type care that we have in our country, that's also necessary now. So we're kind of taking, yes, what was good from them, how they lived, their lifestyle, which prevented a lot of the issues that we deal with now in, in our life with our lifestyle, but then also saying, but we have something that's even better than what they had. We have this emergency type care that can save people's lives and relieve suffering. And, you know, a lot of good can come from it. Yeah. So if, if regular life, if people were just, you know, let out of the gate and let to live, would you say health care is not necessarily happening or is it something like, is it something that we do naturally, or is this something completely separate and foreign to us? <laughs> no, I think it is something we do naturally. I think, again, what is healthcare? Well, it's caring for your health, right? Yeah. So I think all of us kind of do this at some level because we care about ourselves. So drinking water is a form of healthcare, sure. right? Eating food is a form of healthcare. Living in a house where you're protected from the elements and from um, the other things that maybe could bring danger to you, that's a form of, of caring for your health. Yeah. Now, of course, there's different levels of that. Um, some people focus on it more than, than others and, and dive into what does it really mean to be healthy than others. But I think people that even would say they don't care about their health at all, that's a lie because they, they're doing at least those basic things. Sure, absolutely. So they're caring for their health. So that's kind of how I would define health care. Again, drinking water, eating food, having shelter, sleeping stuff everybody does. Yeah. Um, but then even when something happens where you have a health issue, then going to somebody that is more experienced and has more knowledge of how to then get you better, how to then get you healthy, that's also a form of, of health care. Um, so I guess health care has kind of advanced, you know, throughout history to where we're at now. Um, we have this kind of more sophisticated form of healthcare, which there's a lot of good in that, but there potentially is some bad in it too. Yeah. How deep is there more you want to say about like understanding what healthcare is before we divide it up? Yeah. Well, I think I guess the other, only other thing I would say is is having understanding what healthcare is. You have to have an understanding of what it isn't or um, maybe you're just asking yourself the question, what, how would I define healthcare? Mm-hmm. Because most people, what they see as healthcare is actually sickness care. It's actually um, has very little to do with how do I take you from an unhealthy state to getting yeah. you to a healthy state. It's let's take you from that unhealthy state and just make you feel a little bit better as you stay in that unhealthy state. Um, so it's again, back to what we've been saying, it's more symptom treatment. It's more disease management. It's addressing the actual sickness or disease or health problem. Instead of saying this person's designed to be healthy, let's give it what it needs. Let's give the body what it needs. Let's stay away from what it doesn't and watch the body heal itself and, and, and start to thrive. That would be healthcare, just like drinking water is right. We need water. So drinking, even if it's not a lot, we're still doing something that is congruent with what the body needs to, to further self-function, to improve self-function. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my definition of healthcare, but that's the, again, what most people see as healthcare is more of a sickness care model. Sure. So I think, yeah, most people would define if they were asked to give kind of a textbook definition of Healthcare, it would include something along the lines of seeing a doctor for certain symptoms and, you know, taking medication or whatever, having certain surgeries when necessary, like 
that's that's the definition of healthcare for most people. Yeah. And so what I hear you saying is our real definition of healthcare is living in a way that promotes health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think something that is an example of the other way of thinking is so insurance is tied directly to right. people's healthcare. Right. So un- people, yeah, that's unavoidable. Most people don't think about anything that has to do with healthcare without thinking about does my insurance sure. cover it? Yeah. And insurance companies actually don't cover anything that promotes health. They cover symptoms. Right. They cover disease. They cover even if it's a test that could prevent something to, or I guess not necessarily prevent, but early detected. It's still about is this test going to identify some yeah. sort of sickness that's already there? Otherwise. There's no reimbursement. There's no, they're not helping you with it. So all of the things that we would say are forms of healthcare um, have nothing to do with insurance. So, but that's kind of the the mindset that people have is healthcare is when I have something I need now Mm -hmm. care to not have that anymore. I definitely have a question regarding insurance, but I think it's going to fit better when we actually get to uh, that aspect of our healthcare. So let's get into it. I don't think that's our first point, but when we get there, don't let me forget. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, again, bad names. And if you are listening and you can think of better names, please give me these. But I, (laughs) what I've broken down is there's kind of three aspects of your health or three parts to healthcare to make sure that you're doing that. You're actually caring for your health. And the first one I've named environmental health care. So the easiest way to explain that is paying attention to your environment, the environment that you're actually putting your body into. And thankfully we've already addressed a lot of this. Yeah. Right? We talked about it last week. What environment are you putting your body into? What are you giving it from a nutritional standpoint? Um, and we just, we've talked about water today a couple of times, but that whole thing we talked about with nutrition last week, we didn't say anything about water. That is kind of funny. So it's, it's assuming that people know water's good. It's probably because that's probably the low point of my nutritional health. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. Getting would enough agree. water. So um, the environment, right? So we have to pay attention to what are we putting in our body um, that is good, that we need. And again, what are we putting in our body or on our body that we don't need that could also be affecting our health? That's movement. Right? Are we putting our body in an environment that requires us to move? Um, I was just reading more on that, and it's crazy how much, how important that is. I think it was, again, this these hunter-gatherer, um, gardener people in history. They would walk like six to nine miles a day. That's impressive. In that podcast that I oh, listened yeah, to, yeah, yeah. he said 60,000 steps is what the human body was created Crazy. to to live or to move every day. Now, like just to give a kind of a frame of reference, now for all you Fitbitters, like hitting like a 10,000 step day is like you you were on your feet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And most people don't get that. Go, not even close. Hey, we're supposed <laughs> to get 60,000. That's crazy. So yeah, motion, movement um, is, is part of that environment. Um, and we talked about toxicity and then the community thing in a community that's loving, um, that's, you know, addressing needs, Mm -hmm. that's caring for you instead of being in isolation, that would also be a top form of a toxic environment. Um, so yeah, all those environmental things back to giving our body what it needs, staying away from what it doesn't. I would probably say that's the majority of the healthcare that we'd need to focus on. Yeah. And funny you say that because what I'm hearing is this is most of the stuff that granted, I think we're to a point where what's normal is not necessarily beneficial and it might require a little bit of education, but this is stuff that people can do everyday life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is stuff that you have complete reign over. You don't need professionals. You don't need to pay anybody to do this, especially now that we've got the internet, there's like, if, as long as you've got a little bit of guidance and where to be looking for stuff, man, this is, th- this is free. This is com- like, you're 
completely able to do this, you know, again, whatever it is, if this is like the 80% of the picture, you can do this on your own. And just to speak of that a little bit more, because as you said, you referenced the internet and maybe having some guidance. Of course, you know, potentially people do need guidance. So let's just talk about movement. Maybe they do need a trainer to kind of teach them what the proper movement is, because that's not something we were told when we were younger, how to move properly. Maybe they need some guidance in what actually is real food and, and, and what to eat, what is toxic and what to stay away from. Um, but I think we, we don't give ourselves enough credit that our brains are, are powerful and we can critically think. Um, I think that's something that we maybe specifically for our health, we've lost the ability to critically think. Again, we think I have a symptom, so something's wrong with me. So now I need to go to somebody who knows what, why I have that symptom and what I can do about that symptom. And then whatever that person says, I'm going to do yeah. instead of saying, how can I, maybe still go to that person, but when they tell me what I should do, the question should be, well, why, why do I, how is that going to help me? Mm -hmm. Or why do I have this thing? What are all my options? And just the experience that I've had with, with my own patients and then people that I've talked to in the community, that rarely happens. We don't, unfortunately, we don't critically think. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't, I don't think we're giving ourselves enough credit. I think we're much smarter than we, specifically on just healthcare, um, than we, than we actually know. Yeah. And I think, I think our, our model has bred that the, the model has kind of treated everything as an emergency. Yeah. And so like you think, okay, I have something that I don't completely understand. This could potentially be life threatening. And yeah, it's, as, as led for us to kind of become unempowered. Oh, absolutely. That's a great way explaining it and uh, that's hopefully what we're doing is empowering you to be able to take responsibility of your health we yeah. got a question we do and here's what i'm going to do we're i got to reset the camera so this is going to be a facebook live exclusive so if you're watching on youtube or you're listening uh on itunes you're gonna have to go to facebook to hear the answer to this question that carly has for us so nice and we're back so talking about three aspects of healthcare through types of healthcare. Mm -hmm. We've talked about our first, your first point, what you called environmental. Yep. Point two, part two. Well, type, type just two. to finish that one out, like how we said, you know, the people that we are, I guess, identifying with that said that when they lived like this, they, they were healthier than we are. Um, they had that down, right? We said yeah. that they didn't have okay. sophisticated healthcare system, but they did this. And I guess it just kind of shows, it exemplifies really what we're trying to teach. Like if you can take your responsibility and live in a certain way for, for your health, then you're going to take care of 80% of the stuff that, you know, most people deal that's with really, in our society today. Yeah, that's a really good point to make because what we're saying is, yeah, this, you know, restoring human that's this is this is that 80 percent. this is that 90 percent. we should come up with the number <laughs> uh but this is going to get us so much of the way there however we don't think that's the whole picture we think like we have things now that can aid that and assist that and like rightfully so like we should uh and yeah we've we've figured more things out so mm -hmm. let's go there Okay, so second one is probably the worst name that I've, I don't know. It's a, it's a good way for me to describe it because I understand it, but yeah, probably not for people to remember. But I have adaptive healthcare. <clears throat> what I mean by that is, of course, there's this environmental factor. That's external stuff, right? Stuff from the outside of our body, putting it into the inside of our body or keeping it from coming into the inside of our body. That's stuff like exercise. That's all those things. Um, that's how we keep the good environment so that our bodies have the best ability to be healthy. But then there's also what's going on inside of us. Um, so here's the, from a chiropractic perspective, this is how I always heard it explained of why the nervous system and how our response to our environment was so important. If I have a dead body laying here and I put it with, I give it all the food that it needs mm -hmm. and I move its arms and legs a lot like an exercise uh. and I keep all the toxicity away from it. Mm -hmm. 
that guy's still going to be dead. Yeah. Right? So there's something inside the body that responds to all of those things that works with that. And then now you have a healthy person. That's a good way to think about it. So there is that aspect of our health that we have to be paying attention to. So I have sleep under that. Um, sleep could also probably be in the environmental category. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of in both of these, but sleep is really when our bodies do heal. So when we're in that sleep state, our body is not using energy for all of these other things to, you know, allow us to do our daily functions. So then that's when the nutrition can work. That's when the movement that we've done can work. That's when all the the different things in our environment that we've um, hopefully done a good job with can actually now work on self-function. So I have that under that, but then this is also where um, chiropractic would come into this. Yeah. And um, I might get into some trouble with some chiropractors on this, but this is just my opinion and how I understand chiropractic. Um, chiropractic is primarily, it's it's not for symptom treatment, yeah. which is where it's kind of went, the direction it's went into. It's kind of fallen in the our next form of healthcare, which would be reactionary. It's, I go to a chiropractor when I have a neck pain, back pain, or headache, and then I only go to that chiropractor until my we, symptom is gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of having understanding of chiropractic's only job is to find something in the spine that's interfering with the nervous system. And the nervous system is the system that God's gave us to receive information from our environment and then to react, to respond to it. So everything that happens to us, whether it's a food or if it's a a sound, anything that happens to our body, our nervous system is what detects that first. And then it controls and coordinates everything else that happens in our body for our our bodies to, to function. So without a nervous system, without the intelligence that's in that nervous system, we wouldn't be able to respond to our environment, our genes wouldn't get expressed in a certain way to express health or express sickness. So taking care of that nervous system is what chiropractic is all about. So chiropractic, um, again, in my opinion, is for sure the main healthcare profession, potentially the only healthcare profession that works with the body's ability to do that. Instead of just, again, um, treating a symptom or even if it's restoring function by working on musculoskeletal stuff, whatever it may be, chiropractic's main job is to say, here's something that's interfering with the the body's ability to respond to its environment, to adapt to its environment at its peak potential. So then let's address that. So now the body can react to its environment, respond to its environment. So now we can get more benefit from the nutrition. Now we can get more benefit from the movement. Now Mm -hmm. we can get more benefit from our sleep. Now we can get more benefit benefit from our environment. And if we're not taking care of that and our body's ability to respond, to react, to adapt to our environment is very low, even if we're addressing all of those other things, we're still not going to reach our peak potential it's when really, it comes to health. That's really good. And actually, so on Instagram here, it looks like we've got Kate still and Alex Connors. Yeah. Uh, so these are two people that this would be, this is, you know, directly uh, contextual for. So, these these are two people who are, you know, their profession is helping people move, running and lifting weights. Uh, maybe it's somebody different. Anyway, but <laughs> those things fall under this first category of environmental. Mm-hmm. However, if those things are, you know, done in a in a pattern that the body is not designed to do it because of other factors in our environment like sitting at a desk all day we don't run the way our body is supposed to we don't pick things up off the ground the way our body is like designed to do that and so then we run into something like having inflammation in joints and having uh like i don't know what you'd call it but uh, musculature getting tightened and tacked down and all this kind of stuff and so like to be able to perform well in this first category, like when that's not, when, you know, when that depletes in certain areas, it kind of necessitates, okay, we need something to kind of get us back to this like 
good state. Yeah. Yeah. And again, there's, I guess, a number of different ways of doing that. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say in my understanding of this, and I'd, I'm definitely, this is not set in stone. This could be changed. And if somebody um, explains this in a different way, I'm totally open to changing this. But to me, this is about the nervous system. I, I, from being a chiropractor for the past seven years, um, I've always tried to figure out how can I communicate the importance of the nervous system to people. Mm-hmm. And I've went from, you know, some people just relating parts of the nervous system to specific parts of the body saying, well, if you have a stomach issue, well, here's the nerve that goes to your stomach. So it must be a problem at that particular level. That's kind of, again, still an, an, um, a mechanical way of thinking about the body, an allopathic way of thinking about the body instead of. Um, just saying, well, the nervous system is what responds to our environment. It's how our bodies adapt to um, everything that happens. So we have to take care of that. That has to be a form of our health care. Yeah. Not if we just want to avoid symptoms, right? comes back to the definition of health. It's proper self-function. It's homeostasis. It's reaching our absolute health potential. If we are not taking care of that particular part of our body, the nervous system, then we're forgetting about this part of healthcare. And again, we won't reach that. So my question is what, what does that take? And specific question on Instagram right now is how often should you see a chiropractor? Well, that's a great question. That's, um, let me figure out the best way to, because it's not, it's not a simple every week, every month answer. It's not because, so there's a perspective on if I have an injury, right? If I have a musculoskeletal problem, or even if it's more of an organic problem, like menstrual problems or digestive problems, there's potentially a treatment plan to say, I need to get your body to a state where now that problem is gone. So that the answer to that question, if, if you're coming at it from that perspective, is going to be different than what we're talking about. And, and just to lay on the table, higher, more, like more often. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... Um, what I'm saying is if that's part of our healthcare, if our bodies, <clears throat> if our nervous system is what controls our body's ability to react to the environment, then really it's, it's up to you. Um, it's kind of like, how, how, how often do you want that reset? How often do you want your body functioning at a hundred percent? So so, so the chiropractor's telling us that we can come see him every day. <laughs> well, and, and here's here's why I'm saying that is because I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you have what we call this term subluxation, which is what that happens to the spine and interferes with the nervous system. I don't know. I can't see that. I can't. Um, it's not based off of symptoms. None of that stuff, unless I do an evaluation of you to see yeah. if that's happening. That could happen every day. You could not, that could not be happening. You could have one right now. You could not have one right now. Unless I were to check you, mm-hmm. I, I would be lying to you if I said, oh, yeah, you need to see me right now. Yeah. Because if I did that, I would be basing it on kind of this next form of healthcare right. reactionary um, because you have this symptom where you're expressing health in a certain way. So therefore, you, you need me. So um, it, I always recommend... Um, taking care of the first part, right? The environmental part. Mm -hmm. If you're doing that well, then your body should be able to take care of a lot of the problems that a chiropractor would take care of. But if you're not doing that, then your need for a chiropractor absolutely goes up. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give, uh, my real experience here. Um, how long have I been coming to see you? Probably, two years ish around some, some around that. Um, I, when I started, it was funny story. I, uh, it was an injury. I fell off a pull-up bar and then pulled a heavy deadlift and had all kinds of terrible back pain. Uh, and so when I started, it was specifically to deal with some of this, found some other stuff, you know, problem in my neck, problems in my hips, like all this kind of stuff. So it started out where I was going, started out three times a week, went down to two times a week, down to once a week, kind of dealing with this very specific thing. After you know a couple months of that, got down to the point where now 
uh, our whole family goes every other week. And so to speak to the thing you just kind of said about how that really has a lot of factors that play into it um, in what we're doing with the rest of our life, I've definitely found that um, rarely will I feel like, oh, you know, something, something feels off, something, you know, I should have gone too long since I've been adjusted. But my wife, on the other hand, who has our kids and is feeding a baby and kind of in compromised positions often feels like, man, sometimes I wish we went every week. And so two different environments kind of playing into, she could probably go more often. You know, I feel like I'm pretty good where I'm at. Um, the other thing is whenever any of us are sick, we'll go get adjusted or experiencing these kind of heightened symptoms might go more often than what's just normal. Right. And just to that last point, it's not because what I would do for you is treating your sickness. It's because you know, if you're going to, your body's going to heal from that sickness, you want it functioning at 100%. So you want, you are addressing this adaptive part of your healthcare. You want your body adapting, responding, reacting to whatever environment it's in. For some reason, there's something that's infected you that's caused symptoms. So now, if I'm going to beat that as quickly, as efficiently as possible, my body has to be functioning at a high level, which is what chiropractic is about. Yeah. Word. That, man, I feel like we're on a roll. <laughs> we could go like another hour. <laughs> um, well, and we're going to. I'm going to have somebody, eventually we're going to have somebody come on, one of my mentors who's you know, way more intelligent than I am on mm-hmm. this particular subject. Um, talk about chiropractic and the benefits of it. So if that's an interest to you, look forward to to that. But let's talk about the last one. And I, I think the last one's probably going to need some more explanation. So um, maybe a little longer anyway. This last one is reactive healthcare. So if we're saying, again, we need a percentage, but there's 80% of healthcare is about what you're doing for your body, what you're putting in it what you're not putting in it, how you're moving, how you're sleeping. And then there's this other part of let's make my body be able to react, respond, adapt to its environment as best as possible. But then if there's something that happens to you that has is life-threatening or if it's causing a ton of suffering or whatever the reason might be, then now there also is this form of healthcare where we need to react to yeah. it, right? An extreme example is what I talked about before with the emergency situation, if my arm gets cut off, right, I'm not thinking about, well, maybe I forgot to eat enough greens that day, or I'm not thinking about, (laughs) maybe I need adjusted so that my body can respond to this. No, that's an emergency situation Mm -hmm. that the people that we're talking about, like we want to get closer to living like them, they didn't have that. They couldn't go to the hospital and say, my arm is cut off, save my life. They were just like, my arm is cut off. Um, I'm dead. Yeah. Right. So we need this form of healthcare. Now, having said that, when I say reactive healthcare, this is where what most people's definition of healthcare falls under. So we're not saying that we don't need that type of healthcare, but what we're saying is we have to kind of expand our view, our knowledge of what all is reactive. And so then we can again, be able to critically think about that and be able to make the best decision of now what kind of um, form of healthcare under that category should I should I now use, right? So let's just yeah. list out some of them. Yeah. Of course, traditional medical care, right? That's drugs, that's surgery, um, that's medical testing, that's antibiotics, you know, the this traditional stuff that we know of as healthcare. Then there's things like essential oils, right? These are, you would be using those based off of you know, there's some people that like to say, I've switched my medicine cabinet over from traditional um, medications over to now I use essential oils for, for those particular things. So again, that's a reactive form of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Homeopathic remedies that you can get at the health food stores, you know, that we've visited. Um, or there's some doctors that just practice homeopathy. There's things like acupuncture. There's things like Eastern medicine. There's massages. There's some forms of chiropractic. There's physical therapy. These are all forms of kind of reactive. Something's happened to our health that's not going to be addressed by the environment or even the, the adaptive form of healthcare. Now, therefore, we need this 
reactive form of healthcare. That's good. That yeah. So I guess yeah, correcting kind of where I was going with some of that inflammation from movement and stuff. You you would categorize that here rather than in you know. So you said massage and physical therapy and stuff like we've done something in our environment that necessitates you know yeah a specific treatment yeah you're talking about what you were talking about early okay right right. yeah so that could be and i mean again if i if that's more um adaptive you know this isn't set in stone so we can kind of talk about that but either way you need it right? right yeah um so here's the big thing we have to understand, though, about this reactive healthcare, And I think it's just, we just have to admit it. All of healthcare has become reactive, pretty much. We have kind of forgotten mm-hmm. about the other two parts of our healthcare, And again, what we keep saying is we wait until something happens to us and then we, we react to it. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about increasing, you know, awareness about prevention you know, specifically with cancer, since cancer has been so devastating to our society, there's now all these foundations that say, let's prevent it. But even that is not prevention. It's most of the time it's early detection yeah. of things. Um, so it's detecting something early. So then now we can react to it before it gets to the mm. point where maybe it's too late to do any sort of reactive yeah. type treatment. Um, so we just have to admit that, okay, well, my understanding so far of healthcare has been go to somebody that's an expert in how to react to whatever I have wrong with my body and saying, that's not primarily what healthcare should be. Thank God that we have that. And when I need it, absolutely use it, but I need to be doing these other things so that I have my, have the least chance of getting to a point where I have to react to my health. But then even sometimes when I do have a health problem, instead of just saying, well, now I need to go react to it, maybe the way we should react to it is, well, what am I forgetting about in my environment? What am I forgetting about and how my body adapts instead of running to, again, just address the the effects of being in an unhealthy state instead of addressing that unhealthy state? Yeah. Okay. Um, So last week, two, two weeks ago one of your tips on saving money was understanding what is an emergency. Mm-hmm. Do you have any kind of helpful, whether it's categories or just like certain things like how, how do we need to think about understanding what emergency really is? So obviously there's kind of low hanging fruit here. You lose a limb, you break a limb, like that type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. You've you're bleeding out of the side of your head. Like I think we understand high level emergency, but like we said a little bit earlier, we have seen way too much as emergency. Yeah. Um I guess the being proactive about it, right? Maybe reading as much as you can on specific things that maybe you have a, a your family as a tendency to to deal with. If you've had a reoccurring asthma type problems, if you had reoccurring allergies, if you've had reoccurring colds and, and flus, like researching, okay, well, what in my environment actually leads to this that I can start addressing, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe because it's so people that are educating you on that should also be educating you on this is what can happen if you're not doing that. And then maybe if you're in that state saying, okay, well now this is an emergency. Now I need help. Mm-hmm. But also then learning from your experiences. So if you maybe have thought something was an emergency and you went to receive emergency care, don't just go there and say, help my child or help me get out of this emergency. Really think about, okay, was this an emergency? How are they helping me with this emergency? Asking that person, is this an emergency? Knowing the perspective that they're coming from, that some people just see everything as an emergency, which you know can be good. It saves people's lives, but then it also can a lot of the costs that we have, and then even um, side effects of things that people are are doing in that form of healthcare can be negative. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, I guess that's the only thing I could say is 
is talk to people maybe who have more experience in that, but also learn from your own experiences to know, okay, now that was an emergency, so the next time something like this happens, I'll be better prepared. Sure, sure. That's good, yeah. The other thing is, so back to the toxicity thing, that's part of our environment, so we want to try to minimize that as much as we possibly can. Unfortunately, the way healthcare is designed now, the primary form of healthcare, toxic things are used to address emergencies. Again, if it is an actual emergency, then thank God for that, and that's what is that is what is necessary. But one of the things in in seeing, okay, is this an emergency? Even if we get there, we're like, yes, this is something that. And when we say emergency, again, we're not talking about, you know, I just had a heart attack or my arm just got cut off. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is emergency is, is now have I got to past the point where the adaptive part of my healthcare, the environmental part of my healthcare are not going to help me anymore. I right. need to react. Right. Now saying, what is the least toxic way of sure. being able to do that? Sure. Okay. So is it going to a chiropractor that's more reactionary? Is it going to a massage therapist? Is it going to an acupuncturist? Is it taking an essential oil or using essential oil? Is it a homeopathic? Is it a naturopathic? Having, again, expanding our, um, I guess, what's in our arsenal. Yeah, right? that's a good way to put it. Of saying, I don't just go here immediately. It's, is there something else that I can can do? Um, and if not, again, thank God we have all these forms of healthcare that we can utilize. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it about expanding your arsenal of yeah, what you can do in these reactionary states. Yeah. And I think the, the main thing that I've learned through experiencing this stuff again, learning from your own experiences is um again, the back to the our, what we want people to one of the main things we want people to understand is the body just has an amazing ability to heal itself and it always wants to try to get there. So there's, there's always time, right? Again, in our traditional healthcare model, we think we see everything as emergency. And if we don't do something, then really, really bad things are going to happen. I haven't seen that to be true. So not that there's harm in going to that route to say, okay, is this an emergency? But the, I, would, I said, I think the, the primary thing that I've noticed when people do that is now it starts to snowball and now they're like, okay, I've made a decision to come here, but now what this person's telling me, I don't know what to do with what the information they're giving me yeah. because they're saying, if I don't do this, then something really bad is going to happen. And it's really hard to navigate those waters. Yeah. So then you're kind of, again, in the hands of somebody expert that has this opinion and there's not multiple people saying well maybe we should again you're not going to a place that's like there's a homeopathic doctor there's a medical doctor there's a naturopathic doctor there's an acupuncturist there's an eastern medicine doctor and they all look at you and say let's put our brains together and this is the best way to now treat this person to react to whatever health issue they have we're going to one place that has two tools a medication or some sort of surgery and if that's necessary uh, again, thank God for it. But how do we know there wasn't something else mm-hmm. that we could do? Some, we just don't have access to that. So yeah. we have to, again, like I said, expand our arsenal because we're not. There's not a place that we can go and and receive that type of care. Sounds like a need in the marketplace to me. <laughs> I think <clears throat> there's not much else to say. Um, the only thing I guess I'll say is we know, having said this, that is probably going to open up a lot of questions you know maybe this was one of those things where more questions happened than answers were given which is perfectly fine That's because we wanted to i guess kind of give this foundation yeah not fully giving everything that we think about this particular topic um because really the information that we want to give is what you guys want what are, what mm. needs do you have mm-hmm. so receiving feedback on this and then being able to address specific things is kind of where we wanted to go. Yeah, for sure. That amen to that. So we, we don't have an agenda here. (laughs) Like, you know, we, 
on one hand, yeah, we could easily dive into each one of these things for hours on end. Uh, but our, I guess the only agenda that we have is being helpful to you, to anybody who's listening this, to move towards health, to, you know, be providing this education that we're talking about to empower you to move towards health. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, bring on the questions. Um, Surprisingly, not surprised, I don't know, whatever. We just talked before this about how good we've been at kind of just winging it for five weeks now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think this is, we've got lots of different ideas of stuff that we want to touch on, but I think this is kind of like nearing the end of what we have really mapped out. Um, So give us what you got. Ask, Ask away the questions that this might have brought up. Maybe we should end with this, going back to the whole toxicity deficiency thing, um, because that's, again, one of the major things we want people to understand about Mm -hmm. how to be healthy is just having this understanding of how somebody ends up not being healthy, and it's not giving the body what it needs and staying away from what it doesn't. Um, There's an an analogy that um, Dr. James Chestnut, the book that I was referencing last week, uses. He says that uh, if you imagine yourself... um, with like those water wings on in a pool and the pool is totally pure. There's nothing wrong with it. You're born that way. And then you have this backpack. They're wearing this backpack. And so where you're at, when you're born, you kind of starting in a good spot. Your cells are functioning properly. Mm-hmm. But what happens in life is we get exposed to all these stressors in our environment where we're not eating what we should, or we're bringing in something toxic that we shouldn't. So these toxicity deficiencies and each one of them adds something to our backpack. So if we add a rock to our backpack, what happens to our body's ability to stay above water is it gets a little bit tougher, right? We start to sink a little bit. The air in our water wings goes out a little bit and that's kind of health. That's life. We, yeah, they've found that we're genetically programmed for, I think it's 120 years. And the reason that would happen is because our cells start to divide and the copies of our cells um, get a little bit more unclear as they continue to divide. So it eventually gets to the point where the, the information can't be read anymore and our bodies just shut down. So the more stress we have, the more those cells divide, the more we would sink in that particular analogy. So what we're trying to say is we need to kind of slow down that process. We're all going to die, right? We're all going to degenerate. We want to slow down that process by not only not putting more rocks in our backpack, but also removing rocks from our backpack if we possibly can getting our legs stronger to be able to stay above water not just relying on the ah. water wings even that type of stuff so i like um, it the only thing i haven't figured out is we also think you should enjoy life so with that analogy i don't know how you just be enjoying sitting in the water like this all the time but <laughs> i guess maybe you're in a pool on the sun so I guess that's, that's good good. that's good uh oh here we go hold on Couldn't get my phone off the thing. Jeff, are you still watching here? So Jeff's got a question. Uh, at Jeff Miller guy. At Jeff Miller guy. I'm getting into, if I'm, sorry, if he is still here, okay. If I'm getting into essential oils for proactive care, I'm not sure exactly what you mean there, uh, or an alternative to medicines, what are some that I should start with and what's the best application diffuser on the skin? So... Sounds like he's looking for essential oils 101. Okay. Um, I guess I would say I know very little about essential oils. I know enough about them to say. You're asking the wrong Arguello. It's a a less, uh, it's a more, I guess, in alignment way of how I view healthcare and how the body should work than something like a medicine or a a drug, um, a patent medicine, I guess I could describe it as. Um, But to know exactly which ones to use for what particular problems and all that stuff. We are going to have somebody on the show that talks specifically about essential oils and how to do that. Um, so unfortunately you probably have to wait. 
But there's a lot of good information out there. I would say one person is Dr. Axe. Dr. Josh Axe has a lot of information on essential oils. So sure. he could teach you a lot about that as well. So there's a little tease for you. We'll get there eventually. No idea when. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely a topic that we want to dive into deeper. Um, so yeah, I said it already, but we've kind of been really broad, really big in general for these first few episodes laying the groundwork, but then our plan is for this to be as specific and narrow and deep as possible, getting into the nitty gritty stuff. Um, yeah, it's just to keep, it's just to get you to keep watching Jeff. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's kind of where we are aiming and where we're planning to go with this stuff. So, yep. Anything else for this week? Got nothing. Okay. Uh, are we going to work out now? We are. Okay. Post pod wad. Post pod wad. Hashtag post pod wad. All right. Thank you guys for listening in and we will catch you next time.